podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Start recording, buddy. Make sure everything starts recording. All right. Yeah, yeah. We're not. All right. All right. Let's go. Peace. This is the Good Brothers. I am Justice Raji. I'm adjusted. And we are back together again. And we are going to discuss Kenya Barris. Sis, girl. It's Barris's, right? That's how I Barris's, yeah, with an S right on apostrophe. Yeah, I got to put the apostrophe. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, hashtag or the hash, you know, black as fuck. You know, I don't black, know what to call it sometimes. Black AF. Black AF. But I want- I do want to say that what's funny you said it back together again. Just a really quick thing what happens when your brain does a lot of stuff and shit. I think about the uh, Donny Hathaway, Roberta Flack song back together again. Indeed. Uh, and, and then one that is always so, it was so fast. Because <laughs> you know with Danny, Danny Hathaway, he's always used to being like slow songs or like, right. you know. <laughs> Yeah, this shit's like going everywhere. Like it's a Rose Gate song, and so he said, "I was like back together again." Like that sound, really make that. Uh, I guess whoever's in the studio, they figured out there was a sound that you could make that reflected. Like oh, yeah. I don't know what instrument that is. Like, yeah, that's that's the uh, <laughs> that's the moogs and them. Uh, oh yeah, synthesizers, all that. Yeah, the synthesizers, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, it's like a right, sine right. wave curled over something, and they do something else to it. It's like, right. like it's a nah, whole nah, lot of science to make that sound. Oh, yeah. uh, that's actual fact. <laughs> yeah, man. My, so yeah, we want to with the hashtag. So I will say it's been interesting for me to like frame that. Like, and I think as we'll get into it, but that's even one part of like, okay, so what is this called? Like, is he challenging us to say like black as fuck? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> like, like, well, what's the thing here? Right. So it's almost like interesting because it's a title totally made for this generation. Yeah, yeah in this moment. Other, in some other ways, it's extremely provocative. But yeah, on Yeah. So I will. I, you know, I'll start here because I think we there, there's. A, I think to talk about this show, you could talk about the show, and then you also can talk about sort of the response to the show. I think like both things had, and, and I think that. Honestly, even with the name, is a part of the. I'm I'm re, I may be reading in, but I think the intent of the creator, <laughs> yeah, is the, is is actually to foster this particular conversation or these types of conversation or some of the responses. So I'll I'll just start with this. What did you enjoy most about the show? Like just man, broadly. so so yeah, we'll we'll just start there before the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. Um, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> like, I, and, and you know, maybe you got to put it in context of like, remember Mr. Bean mm, mm-hmm. from 90s yeah. and HBO? And, and so, you know, when Mr. Bean would come on, Mr. Bean would only come on like six o'clock in the morning on HBO, yeah. right? So you, you had this like weird <laughs> English comedy with no laugh track, right? Yeah. yeah. That would come on at weird times, but me and my homies, 
we was all like addicted to watching Mr. Bean. Yeah, well, Mr. Bean like, was rough though. I Mr. Bean Mr. Bean. Was, Mr. Bean was hilarious, right? So, you know, that was the first time that you just ain't had no laugh track with well, that in Frank's place, which is I know a different conversation with a different oh, day. Yeah, but like, indeed. you just ain't had no laugh track, right? So you just had to figure out what was funny and what wasn't, right? So anyway, I use that as a context of evolving to none other than Kirby enthusiasm. And like this, that level of comedy and kind of comedy where you need to figure out if it's funny or not. Or you need to figure out if it's funny, ironic, and a little bit bizarre, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's kind of funny, but you don't laugh. But maybe it's kind of really funny to you, so you do laugh, right? So I think when you have that context of comedy and then watching Black as Fuck, I, I just think you put it in that kind of generation. One, because you know he wanted to do it. Two, because it's dystopian as all get out. Right. Um, <laughs> it is. Like, it is dystopian as all get out. But, like, you know, yeah, so I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm, I've started, I've watched it a number of times. I've started over and over again. Like, I've watched some episodes multiple times. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, no. I think there's some. I'll just say as we go into it, I think there's some class stuff that I, that that is implicit in who enjoys it and who doesn't. There's some like putting yourself in the character stuff about who enjoys it and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's fundamentally hilarious. What, what about you? What's your take on it? So I mean, I actually I really enjoy the I enjoyed the problematic nature of him as himself in this character, mm-hmm. and he was like. I felt like he was. There wasn't it. There was one I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it. I, there was jokes in there that, you know, the retorts to his kids sometimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is like I know some people are like, what do you mean? It's like, yo, there's sometimes the stuff you want to say to your kids, and you might say it a different way, but you want to say like, yo, man, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Yo, and you might totally. not be right, but that's what you want to say, right? And then oh, the. The um the interactions with like his the him being in a sense this 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 vehicle or this version of whoever he is as a person who's trying to you know speak about this you know really quite frankly in a in a sense get close to the place where you could be kind of a socially malcontent black man. Mm. Let it not be a character Ooh. study of like how flawed you are as a socially, you know, malcontent Ooh. black man, right? Because we just don't really get to do that. Like we, and, and I think he knew he couldn't just do that. So mm-hmm. it's like it, it waxes in it, but then also the reality that for all of, for most of us, I think in community to us, you know, you you really don't say, if if you have a family and, and and kids and friends and all this stuff, like them people are a fundamental part of your relationship life and how you see yourself. So you 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 can't totally just make this show about you wandering around having misadventures and shit and not have these other people, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like a dark Mr. Bean, like a Mr. Could, Bean in Inglewood. Yeah, I'm right, saying. Right. And I like that you brought up Mr. Bean because like that was a a reference that. Like watch it, like thinking about it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's some like, you know what I mean? Like the, the 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 you know, there's no laugh track. There's no, um, there's these things that that they're being jabbed at, um, throughout the show, and it's not always clear that there's one point of view that is the is considered the right point of view by the way the show works. 
know what I'm saying? Mm. So I think, yeah. and I and I like that. You know, you know, that's my shit. That you know, yeah. If we, we, we before we start making what's right or wrong, we gotta get some context. <laughs> that's that's right. That's, that, that's I mean, a me no. thing. So, no, so so just one. I think um, is always uh, masterful uh, commentary. One on yeah. Sometimes your kids piss you off, and you would like to use language with them that is different <laughs> than what people have accepted that the language you would like to use. Indeed. And there are some people who have the do do have the filter to not use the language, and then sometimes you don't. Sometimes, please shut the fuck up, please. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 shut the fuck up. Like and. And the thing, the, the thing is, that natural feeling or that feeling it, it is something that you can't say, but there's so many other dysfunctions of parenthood that are deemed redeemable. Right. And like, oh, you just you just out here trying to make sure they grow up to be good people. And it's like, oh, yeah, so much other stuff. You'd be like, wait, you said that you did that to the child. Like you. But that was cool. But me just saying, would you please shut the fuck up? Like that's is that that's that's beyond reproach. Right. Which goes into your second point about socially malcontent black people. Are always. uh, A case study. Yeah. In the dysfunction of black people. Yeah. This is a unique one that this is a socially malcontent person that is being socially malcontent like white people are being socially malcontent. Yes. Right? Like he's not, he he is not carrying, he's carrying baggage, but he's not carrying the baggage of uh the ghetto and what the ghetto did to him, which is uh we'll get into that. But like he's not carrying that. He's not carrying that his father was never there. He's not carrying that his mother was never there. Right? He's and if you go to the barbecue, what's the name? He's not carrying this like like I hate my parents. Right, right. Right? He's carrying a social malcontent who's just like I this is how I think. And I think that makes people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Because we we framed it like socially malcontent stuff is the direction of what white what like white supremacy and racism have done to us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but not an individualized, localized. I'm just a little bit fucked up. Yeah, I'm just uh, this certain shit. I'm I'm a little on I'm on some other shit about, and I and I might be, I, I and I'm going to like I'm going to be I am this way, and I'm not actually looking for some redemptive experience to not be this way. I am just trying to make it through these next 24 hours, 34 hours, whatever, as I am. And then, you know, we'll see what happens next week. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not actually looking for um, an evaluation of, of this, Mm. this way that I kind of move through the world and, and that, you know, the, the, the thing, the thing like, uh, when he's in the first episode, actually, when he's talking about when they get into like the white gay stuff and, and NS flexing and he's talking about his, uh, like where one hand, when, when they meet with the other family and, and, you know, basically they, they go after them when they, you know, kind of yeah. sense disrespect <laughs> their kids or like, or like, Oh, you know, that's like a little something's like, well, wait a minute, wait the fuck, wait one fucking minute. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cardi B, whatever, however you feel about her is actually, you know, She's an international phenomenon, right? Right. And however she got there, 
I'm not gonna let you act like it's some like or her like you almost like look at your little business you got over there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, the, the, like nah, the nah, infamous, fuck that. You the, infamous, the infamous thing that everyone says to people: you got a little, you got a little project, or you, you had a little, you got a little project. You got a little thing you that going on. That's the white version. That was the white version. You had a little media. Right, and, and they bossed up. Like, nah, man, you ain't gonna bang on that. But then also, he's insecure about whether or not he should wear this chain. And at the same time, the chain is sort of like something that he feels is like, yo, this is my swag. This is my style. This is how I get down. Like, you know what I mean? I rock chains right. and sweatsuits and shit. Like, it's the fuck I do. But at the same time, I'm a little bit self-conscious about it. But also, fuck you if you're going to try to challenge me about my self-consciousness. Like, I think that's a very complicated set of, like, things that happen at the same time for someone to be honest about in public. Mm. Like, we don't mm-hmm. typically do that. We typically go, oh, like, even, uh, what's the character, uh, Played by the mm. woman, it's like it's supposed to be like his man's from back from the neighborhood. Oh, he yeah. put on right, <laughs> like he gets he gets to go even further out. But in a sense, right? So you could assume the worst about that character, but in reality, like, look, we we them two understand each other more than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and he's like, this is my people's, but also, you know, my 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 wife who, um. Rashida Jones plays fantastically. I, I really enjoyed Rashida Jones' character um, and her, her role in this. Uh, you know, like, I am in both of these worlds <laughs> equally. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which we typically, we typically see shows of, of any nature where we are, like, we got to be like, no, I'm really from this other thing, and I'm not really comfortable in the other one. It's kind of like, no, I'm actually comfortable in both of these at the same time, even though y'all... Hey, so- don't like that. So, so I want to touch on that. So I, I want to touch, because I think that is an extremely important part of much of the criticism, which, uh, um, you know, on my job, I have to go on the internet. <laughs> so, I have to like go on social media. So I have to, so I have to read some of it. Um, so I've read some of it and I, I think much of it is way off base for a lot of different reasons. Um, for for a lot of different reasons, thinking much of his way off base, but I think you know part of part of his dialogue and part of the conversation that he kind of projects. In some ways, I just was thinking like was kind of Kanye Westish before other things kicked in. Mm. Right. Like there was a certain amount of kind of genre bending nature to who Kanye West was, you know, because Kanye West was once again, a guy came from a mother and a father, Black Panther background, working class, was fell in love with a Delta War polo, knew about Chicago gang culture. You you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like. The complexities of black folks. We we won't put black folks in these limited troop spaces. Mm-hmm. Right. And I and I think, you know, uh, I ain't trying to mess up your your podcast, man, but I think woke culture also tries to, while at some point giving everyone a chance to breathe, also put people in these very big, these very clear silos. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think it has on one level opened up a lot of different black folks who have not had a chance to breathe. But it still wants to organize activities. Yeah. Right. It, it still wants to have like 
but there are clearly delineated groups. Like zoology like, almost, like yeah. there's still taxonomy, right? Yeah. There's still tax, not zoology, there's still taxonomy. Zoology, <laughs> taxonomy is the study of zoology for all the kids listening. That's right, figure look out it up. Four, 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 five, four and five year old men want to talk about these kind of things late at night. But like, <laughs> like this, tax, this taxonomy of behavior, right? And and so one thing, it will get into Kanye West thing, took me to another place, like there's a friend of mine um, middle school friend been really cool um, and she um, ended up working for a record label a really well-known record label in a time when this record label made a lot of money in California and years ago she shared with me that like there is a certain group of black men in LA right who have made their money usually through the music industry or the television industry, right? Mm -hmm. And they have made it in a really challenging environment. And you don't see them because, I mean, much of the people who made the record industry and the television industry up until relatively recently, you don't know who they are. And they preferred it like that, right? Yeah. Sometimes because of nefarious relationships with a whole bunch of other people, right? <laughs> and you only got you only got to look so far if you, you really want to find out what that was about, right? So, um, but you know when you look at the Black Godfather, right, Clarence Avon and all that kind of stuff, there's a lot of black men in black families who are like that in L.A. Right. There's a lot of black families and black men who have to function in the industry of like music or television who are pro-black and honorary as all get out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is not a made up reality. And I think that's part of this. Yeah. Like, so we'll frame this like this is some sort of made up thing. Like, no, this is not a made up thing. And sometimes I think some of us don't have the context to know that this is not a made up idea. Yeah. yeah. That, that there are people who are living like this right now, yeah. extremely wealthy uh, hobnobbing with all the, the A-listers, right? I mean, Absolutely. think about it. Jay-Z does not throw a brunch. He does not made up his own Easter. I think that was a really good line. Probably the best line on Jay Electronica's album, which is really Jay-Z's album. Um, <laughs> you know, homie said he made his own Easter up. <laughs> Rock Nation brunch, right? Yeah, he did. He, so, did <laughs> he made his own Easter. He created the hood element of Easter. He created an element Easter in L.A. But my point is, how do you do that without having to na- navigate and negotiate and still having your politics, right? Mm-hmm. Being pro-black about everything, because slavery. Yeah. <laughs> I hate white people, right? So my <laughs> man, I mean, like, think about on TV, someone creating a show, like, I hate white people. <laughs> Yo, that was what, the, that scene, it's like that feeling were you you going out doing the, the performative work of being out in the world, and then you're like, like you're mad. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to process that. Like, but then to put that in a show, I don't know. I, I think I think some people would think, oh, he's just he's being like he's doing that in some like disingenuous way, and it's like, no, he's actually doing that in a way that like no one puts that in the shows. That's my point. But like, there are people <laughs> who feel like that. Like, like I said, if you if you watch the Black Godfather. Clarence Avon is cantankerous as all get out. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, no one ever said Barry Gordy was a, a pleasure to be around. <laughs> you know what I mean? These guys are not like, you know what I mean? They, they don't do yoga and meditate and, and, and breathe. Yeah. 
these guys are like the other guys. Social and some of some of the stuff is even malcontent. Yeah. To your point, there is there that that just might be a part of that world, right? And so we don't give that space. Yeah. To and acknowledge. I, and I mean, just quickly while the thoughts on my head is speaking to, because there was a criticism I saw of Rashida Jones, you know, actually being able to be in the show and actually embrace her blackness. Right. And people basically, basically Ooh. calling into question the idea that she really wanted to be black. And I'm like, yo, she's Quincy Jones's fucking daughter, dog. <laughs> yeah. Who's Clay Clarence Avon's homie. So if you watch that <laughs> and then, and then, and then, so then your assumption is that her experience working as an actor and not really, and always sort of being racially ambiguous was a decision that she made. Like yeah, I said, man. racism and structural racism has a very special type of strange fruit. Where we all we we feel so comfortable impugning the individual that they that like someone gave them the offer. Well, look, you can either be defined as your uh, the black side of your family, or we can just cast you as racially ambiguous and just not ever talk about your family on this show. It, it's like, yo, that's not really a fair criticism of her. <laughs> that's criticism of the industry that she's had to work in to try to find her own career. You know, independent of who her father is. I'm like. Listen, Are you, you, some of y'all, come on, man. Like, wh- Listen, wh- man. help me understand what y'all are thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say something that's. I'm gonna say something that's not intellectually deep before I say something that might be a little more complicated, <laughs> at least for me right now. Rock and roll, go for it. This idea that the daughter of Quincy Jones. Uh, the sister of a young lady that was involved with Tupac Shakur of all people. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, knew him intimate. Like QD3's sister, right? We're having a conversation on blackness and we're trying to impugn blackness based on the last time you've seen someone be an actor. <laughs> based on your perspective of when they had a role. Did you want her to have an Afro pick? Like, what did you want her to do here? Like, what was she supposed to do again? But this is the whole thing about the the, the woke Olympics. What was she supposed to do to be performative to let you know that she was down with her people? Was she was she should she have done Juneteenth? Should she have been at the, the Black Fest in, in South Central? Should she have been in Lemur Park? What exactly would have proved to you that she was black enough? Right? And it, one, it feels like the stuff going back to some of the '70s stuff. I, I, I'll leave that alone. Mm-hmm. The yeah. other part I want to say here, though, is that to identify some stuff as like this is anti-black or this is problematic assumes that blackness is not fluid. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we make mistakes, and a lot of us have done it. A lot of us do it. But blackness is as fluid as the people who identify as it. Exactly. It's as fluid as the experiences mm-hmm. that are changing people. It's as experience as the broader context of what that means. If you now, if you want to calcify it and again put it in a taxonomy, and then say that's it, and anything that does not relate to that a certain way is problematic, then you can do that. It's one of my challenges. Love, like even people I disagree with, I don't assume that they're anti-black. They are part of a continuum who may be doing things that are self-defeatist. 
who may have collective self-defeatist perspectives. They may be unsophisticated, right? I can agree with all of that. But when you get into defining how someone is anti-Black, when you get into defining how you want a person to act in this trope, and if they step out of this trope, that they are actually not being Black enough. In defining Blackness by the roles you've had, because you were in Parks and Rec or The Office, like, mm-hmm. just the, the idea of that. So it is fascinating to me that we're, we're having this conversation, but not really because I think part of this is this um, generational challenge that we're not, I think, talking about. Like, because there is just a, just a response to things, right? And I think Homie's life, I think his his framework, his experience, and he's given you all these varieties on his life. Now, one thing I'll say, the fact that somebody can make four shows about their life and get rich off of it, yeah, he is real. He's MVP. cold. He's cold. He's cold piece could, for that. Because <laughs> I can think about if I can make four shows about my life and get rich off of it, man, <laughs> he's cold <laughs> piece. Just be like, okay, this is Azania's life. This is Messiah's life. <laughs> My life. Let me show you my father. Let me show you. Like, what? Well, <laughs> Here's Jesus. Like, <laughs> let me get a show. Everybody get a show. Right, I, got, I got another idea for you. Hold on. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, well, I, I, and I, I think there's a, a, a piece that I enjoy about the show, just to, to stay in that moment for a second, of, of tidbits of you know, one, the show is an exaggeration, right? It's, there's a, the, the self-consciousness right. and the other stuff are, are amplified dynamic of, but it was speaking to a, existing in a space where, although you may have found the place to be normalized within it, you still get the, the feedback and, and the feedback and the, the affect responses that let you know that people are shocked that you're there. I really enjoyed the flint, the, the flight on the vacation when they highlighted the like the basically the the the, the attendant trying to figure out what they do, right? So mm. that they could so that they they could put it in you know the box that they would feel good about. Like, oh well, you there's like kids and there's what and she's a lawyer and like and then that they you know that the the thing that happens with us um, in in any the develop any I'm gonna use this as as the word of like when you have any kind of functional what would be perceived as like you know functionally successful right in society. Right that then people are trying to understand, you know, especially people outside the community are trying to like contextualize why you're successful. Right. And like, oh, mm. you're like, you're like this type of person. Or you're that kind of person. Or y'all are this kind of couple. Right. Or you're this, not this kind of couple. Or what do they do? Or da, 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 da. you know what I mean? And then, and that, and, and oh, most man. importantly about that, that you, that it seems that they don't know that, you know, that they are doing that. Right. Like the day they, they're like, oh, you just, I'm just being curious. And it's like, no, you're actually trying to make sense of me because I've clearly made you confused. Like, well, that taxonomy, right? Yeah. So, because a lot of times white folks have created taxonomies of how do we understand this particular black person? Right. And so, yeah. just like we talk about taxonomies of how we talk about it, that's what, they, that's what they are doing, but how they engage that, right? Um, but to your point, the, the, the great thing about that was, just really engaging the fundamentally, you know what? Some black people are rich as all get out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's they, and they're not in front of the television. Yeah. Right? You don't know them. Like that, that, you don't know that what is they so, do. You don't know them. 
You don't know what right? they own. <laughs> you don't know and nothing you don't, about And them. you don't have any context of their experiences, right? Yeah. Because what we what we have been framed to do, and, and whenever someone is really wealthy or really powerful and they're not in front of something, then Vanity Fair or any any like magazine does long form articles about them, right? Because it's like, wait, it's a black person that <laughs> is different and we don't know that about them. And, they, and they're not going to tell me the story of growing up in a tenement. Right. <laughs> this is complicating my understanding of the rags to riches story of black people. Right. Because that is the context of what we say. OK, you know what? Really rich black people got really rich because they were really poor. Yeah. Yeah. I right? mean, that was the, Not, uh, the the overwhelming criticism of the first round of, that, of the NFL draft where they kept basically everybody that came up. It was like, and here's a sad thing that happened in their life. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, what the why are you doing? As we mentioned in, in the previous episode, but just to reference back. No, but I think that's a really, really good point, again, that we have to look at about this idea that he actually takes on, he takes on a lot of stuff. And he, he took it on in blackish a certain way, but he took it on of a, like, less dystopian manner, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's definitely not, this show doesn't, the show doesn't actually show that there's any hope for happiness. <laughs> Right. Like it's right. kind of like enjoy the ride, but this shit is gonna end poorly. Yo, he's a time to heavy coach of, of Netflix, right? Like he is like the person, like when you know when you read Tiny Heasy Coach, like, you know, and I was I was building with somebody about this. I think it was Niles Devon. But like traditionally, and I, I want to bring it back, but I don't want to go, yeah. go too far. But traditionally in our in our community, there is this idea of like the milk and honey, like coming out of Christian kind of eschatology and Christian theology mm-hmm. of like, it's messed up, but it's going to be okay later. Right. <laughs> and all, and a lot of people do that. I don't care if you're talking about yeah. like Martin Luther King did it or Jesse Jackson did it or Farrakhan did it. Right. Like there's this idea that at the end of the rainbow, there's a win. People like Baldwin, even like Manning Marble, right? Like, yeah. you know, like Shelby too. But I'm just saying, like, there are people that's like, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. This shit might not get no better. <laughs> we might have like, seen the know. best it's going to be. Yeah, like, I don't know if this gets better. But Tiny Heasy Coast is like the new person that kind of like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like it'll get any better. We'll see. Right. The people, right? Like, people the interviewer cool. got in there question, like, so what do you think? Can, what can we be hopeful about? It's like, hopeful? <laughs> My yeah, man. And I think, I think he's, like, he's the example of like, I don't know if it gets any better, yeah. right? <laughs> like, and so, but people aren't used to this idea. They aren't used to like, yo, it started bad, but it got good because I got rich. Maybe this isn't it, right? And, and so, again, you have to engage in that whole thing of like this lack of joy about everything came together. Mm-hmm. And again, that's something that when we engage that, it's like bad news. It's like Florida Evans uh, saying damn, damn, damn. Yeah. When James died on the pipeline, right? right? He up there do, doing the oil. For everybody listening, you go watch that the episode. Go watch the episode of Good Times where she, you know, everybody partying and she she's act like she's okay until you know she says damn, 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 and messes up the food and everybody comes out and runs to her. Yeah, which was a really good part of acting. But yeah. to your point, like, no, maybe there's no joy. And guess what? Maybe we split up. Yeah, guess what? Yeah, maybe maybe it doesn't work out like this, right? Like maybe this is the anti different world, right? Mm-hmm. This is the this is the anti uh 
created identity of Bill Cosby clearly was not the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, this is not that. This is yeah, we argue, but uh, we we'll, we'll whatever the structure, we'll get through it. Yeah. And we're not used to that either, right? Yeah. So he he constantly is throwing out these complexities of engagement, which I just think we're not used to engaging with on television, whether it's Tyler Perry, Bill Cosby. You, you know what I mean? Like, we're just not used to that. Yeah. We're not used to, is there a winner at the end, right? Because at the end of the day, what's love got to do with it? Tina Turner wins. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's triumphant in, in, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? That she's like, yeah. has her she, independent she battered, career and has her second life. Like a phoenix. Right. Yeah. She, she's like a phoenix, right? So it's like, there's a winner. But with homie stuff, it's kind of like, maybe there is no winner. Maybe the, some of the kids are kind of better, but kind of not. So we'll yeah. just see where it goes. Um, well, let, let's go with this question, and then we can pivot yeah. back. Because um, so we started out with something you enjoyed. What's something that I mean, and this is the way I phrase it, was just what's something that bothered you about the show, or maybe that you didn't enjoy? Um, you know, or just see, I, I don't know, I, and I, I will, I will attach this to. Clearly, him and I are not in the same class. <laughs> uh, he's doing, he's doing a lot better than either one. We're not in the same financial situation. So we're not in the same class. However, I do think there's a part of like, you know what? You are doing the things and people would perceive you as successful. But here's how you think about your children. Or here's how you think about people. And people make you tired, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? The the idea, and this is and this is real, and I actually don't really talk about this often, but the difference of like, you know how many people don't know who I am when I don't have a suit on? Mm-hmm. Like I'm telling you, I could go through this city sometimes and be invisible because I don't have a suit on. Right, right. And so the thing is, when I when I'm not acting in my role, I am just like everybody, anyone knows any other black dude with locks. Yeah. Right, like straight up. That, that's just what that's just what it is. Nah. And so, you know, I for me, it's not the, nothing that I didn't like. You know, sometimes again, you there's a challenge of how dystopian do you want the children to be. Um, <laughs> uh, sometimes I wondered like where the other the smallest child was. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I love. Like, <laughs> like, like it wasn't as bad as power. Right. Power would work with. It was power. It was just like, yo, where the fuck is the kid at, man? Like, but like, <laughs> I do wonder sometimes, like, where, where, where is the other kid? The six like, kids, you know I mean? and I, yeah. I ain't seen this little one in a minute, man. Where is he? What is he is doing? Is he with Esmeralda or whatever they, they, the Mexican, the Guatemalan or Mexican maid was named? Like, where is he? Right? Like, because oh, they, they even gave a level of attention to that, which I think was an interesting complexity, which yeah. I think is real. Of like, yes. There is a South, there's a Central American <laughs> woman in your household that often runs your household when you're extremely wealthy. Yeah. Because no one's doing the other stuff. Yeah. Right. And, um, but yeah, it was more, more of what I didn't like or the, you know, thorn. It was more just like, okay, I would have liked to know where the child was a little more. Um, I saw him running around when they had the parties and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like like that that component was just, but that's just television, right? Yeah, yeah. Because for me, can't, everybody for me, can't get screen time all the time, right? And, right. And for me, it wasn't it wasn't about. I guess the other thing for me, 
it wasn't about liking it or disliking it. It just was, you know what, this is, this is it. Like, this is it. And this is what you're giving me. And I, let me take what you're giving me. And I found what you were giving me had a lot to do with the complexities of people, whether it's myself or other people, that I know that have these similar but different challenges. Because the money ain't the challenge. It is the how are you functioning in the broader space and um, how are you navigating those things. And yeah, how are you navigating white gaze, right? Yeah. And how are you navigating black gaze, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Which was the famous epi- the famous barbecue episode, right? Like, yeah. how are you? How do you navigate black gaze? How do you navigate expectations, right? How do you navigate? Okay, you know what? Nephew then did his thing, right? But his nephew keeping it real. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you know, listen, my uncle's always going. You know what I mean? Nephew doing his thing, but is he keeping it real though? Yeah, absolutely. Is he, is, is he buying into the? Is he buying into the game? Because they had saw they seen the game before. You know yeah. what I mean? So for me, I just saw a lot that is relevant, which is also why I think people who didn't like it, I, I could understand, even though I don't agree. Yeah. You don't you don't see yourself in this. Yeah, and that was sort of. I mean, and you know, bothered was the closest I could get to you know, the word that I was, you know, whatever the word would be for like the, the not being praising of the show. Um, yeah. you know, I think the idea that like that, cause I've read a couple of things that kind of implied that there was some lack of writing ability here. You know what I'm saying? In comparison specifically to Kirby enthusiasm. And, um, but what I'll say before I speak to that piece is I, I just, what I wasn't sure what the loop was going to be to close the show. Right. You know, and I was like, yeah. I was, I was a little bit like, I, I'm enjoying this. I'm having a good time. You know, I, I'm digging certain parts. I'm liking the, the discomfort. Um, how are they going to close? How are they going to close this off though? Like, you know what I mean? Cause it seems like a weird, you know, and you know, it's that, there's stuff as a person that watches blackish, you know, there's, there's clearly like pieces lifted from the structure of blackish and the structure of the character, the, you know, the, the, the protagonist of blackish and Anthony Anderson's character. Um, but then it was like, okay, I mean, I guess, you know, and then like, you know, just like, you know, I, I, I didn't, have, I didn't have any, you know, the kids as much as anyone on TV could be like, yeah, those could be your kids. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have, I think, I think, you know, I'm sure there's someone that has issues with that. Like I started, I, my mind started going to, especially since I didn't finish watching it before I like heard other, you know, got to read other people's opinions, like, oh, it's bland or it's this or it's trying to be this other thing, but it's not. And, and I was like, hey, well, you know, so some of that sort of clouded my my moment to try to enjoy it. And that's why I had to pause so I could like, all right, I need to put some space between what other people are saying so I can just, you know, see it. You know, so I think, you know, there's pieces of it that it's clear that I feel like it was like he's he's trying to make sure these things get highlighted, um, even if it's a, a rough fit. You know what I mean? So, you know, fitting in, yeah. traveling as a family, fitting in, enjoying art and the consumption of art, which we, I definitely want us to spend some time talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, I know we're going to go wait for that Yeah, we're going to go in on yeah. that. Um, the, um, the, the, the dynamics with, with, with his wife, you know what I'm saying? And, 
and what's happening. And then, you know, like, like subsequently, like, I didn't know about, you know, his in real time, like life issues, like divorce with his wife and this other shit going on. And, you know, some of the things that were implying, I don't know if there's some relationship between the two. And, and I, I think, you know, anyone that is, that is creating what's going on in your personal life is going to pop up in your creative work, you know, to some degree. Um, but I didn't, I guess I would say nothing really bothered me about the show, like in a, how could he do that kind of way? Um, but the, uh, I would say the, the, the thing I could see is a, is a fair criticism. The show is not, it does not stay in the, I want you to laugh place. It goes into the, I want you to laugh. And then it goes into, I don't know how I want you to feel about this, this character. Like, I don't actually know, you know, like the, the, with the, at the end of spoiler alert, if you ain't watching, uh, when the, the last episode, when, um, it's been on too long. You should have yeah, watched it. Go Joya ahead. almost <laughs> drowns and the, the boyfriend who he started kind of liking goes and saves her. And he's like, man, fuck that dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that he's this thin, he's this, as a person, he's this thin skinned that every moment he's sort of moving back and forth between like grandiose self praise. And then like, Oh, I need to extend and care about you know other people, and it's like man, fuck them other people. You know what I mean? It's like it's about me. Like, <laughs> but there's a part of me that enjoyed seeing, you know, quite frankly, a black male man character do that, like have that, like where you you know you have the privilege and the position to be that way, right? Which is something that we have, but like I said, usually if you put a black male character like that, it's a, then a morality play that surrounds them, right? That's evaluating, right, right. you know, evaluating their player and like, how could he be like that? Look how his kids grew up. They hate him. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the show just can't be fun. You know what I'm saying? Like it can't just be like. So let me say this. As much as you look at the politics of you and I and, 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 and men of our ilk and, and people of our ilk when it comes to the role of, of civilized men and you know what I mean? Like being a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. There was something kind of weirdly like refreshing about somebody not living up to that. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, there was like, because you know, when you deal with the hero archetype and everything that comes with the idea of the hero archetype, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, okay, you know what? There's a challenge with this person, but at the end of the day, they always come through, right? Yeah. Like this is the hero archetype. This is this is men, right? <laughs> you just had a dude that like did not perform. Nah, he, he ain't come through at all again. <laughs> and, and listen, but but you know what was ill? How like he came through and didn't, mm -hmm. right? So he was, which I think was a setup for a really interesting writing perspective. Which we could argue how you understand that and what where that makes sense. But it was like I came through when it came. Spoiler alert, when, when the book is coming out, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm there. I got your back. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> then it's like, I'm about to go get in the water. I don't think you should do that. No, no, fuck that. I'm about to get in the water. Okay. I'm drowning. <laughs> Hold on. I got Hold on, man. This shit is special. I got to go my beach I got his G-Von sheet on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hold on, dog. I got to get this shit off. And then the idea of like rising to the occasion so the family is okay. So a part of me was like, you know what? That is, that is fucked up. <laughs> but like, that's more real than not. Yeah. Absolutely. 
You know what I mean? The guy that just doesn't rise to the occasion. The guy who just doesn't save the day. Yeah. <laughs> the doesn't reinforce that no matter what he comes through. There was something to me that, again, not from my own personal perspective, but as far as a television show, right? Yeah. Because, again, for black men, it's either you just never can get right or you're going to be the good, strong black man whose arm is trembling because of, you know what I'm saying, some sort of ailment. <clears throat> but you're going to come through and come get the child. You're going to drive the car when they didn't think you could drive, right? Like, <laughs> So, I mean, a part of my, you know, and I also didn't, and I don't confuse it for high art other than the ways he's artistic, which is just your lead into to the next, <laughs> to that conversation. Yeah, so you know, I think that's in the interest of time. I would like us to tune in. So, so episode three, I believe that is, yeah, episode three, um, prominently features um, the work of of the artist that you may know, Knowledge Bennett, uh, you the listener, and and particularly, I mean, there's a couple pieces that are in the home throughout, but specifically a, a very recent piece. Um, and I'll double check the name. I want to say it's called Catalyst, but it might be Black Catalyst, uh, which I've seen at least a piece from that work in person. It's in the Smithsonian, joining us in Tacoma, but it's traveling the country. I don't know where it's going to be right now with the whole COVID piece. However, when it comes to your town, you know, go check it out. Um, but I enjoyed one the episode in a sense trying to wrestle with you know. I mean, one, what is everything that's happening there is is a whole different economic class of black people issue. You know what I mean? Of buying, you know, high end art and, you know, prominent pieces and and the whole everything that goes along with that. Right. But then also the way which I think is a, is is the running theme through the show of how we move back and forth with how we're perceived and judged and how we deal with how we're perceived and judged. And what stuff we feel okay letting go of, what stuff we feel like we got to fight you about. And specifically as it pertains to, you know, you know, especially being, being successful within this world and this society as it's structured, which to some degree, we don't necessarily look upon as a favorable thing. Always. I think, I, I think the mean place, at least in, in some political circles and social circles would be, if you're doing well in, in a system that has some structural inequities like ours, then to some degree, something's wrong with you or, or at least there's a, there's a damage to your virtue, so to speak. And so he's, he's looking at, he's looking at the art and he can't explain the shit. He likes it. Right. But he feels also feels compelled to like explain it to people. And then other people are like, you know, you know, other people don't, don't like it. They don't understand it. Or they think it's just him, you know, flexing his wealth. You know what I'm saying? Like all of this stuff's coming up which is all really secondary to whether the, the, the piece itself is impactful, right? It's like, that's a part of it, but that's not really a part of the piece. Like the piece is, is the piece, but then also like the discussion that happens around art and creative product and who gets the, you know, what stuff is um, you're allowed to experience, you know what I'm saying, in that way. And then especially like, I mean, you know, I'm gonna keep it a buck. If I'm, you know, I, I got that kind of, uh, you know, financial cash flow in my life, you know, like, yeah, like there might be a, a fabulous art piece, you know, by an artist who, whose work I enjoy and, and love and says something to me would definitely be on the table, you know, 
for whatever reason, whether it was just for pure enjoyment or because it is a is a display of status or whatever. Like this is this is a, it's a messy place, but it it it, it was like. I just, you know, I really enjoyed that. But let me turn to you and give me what your thoughts were. So, one, I'm, I want to start. Now, nah, I'm going to start specific and then go broad. Okay. Um, one, the level of exposure and engagement he gave to our brother, mm-hmm. Knowledge, Knowledge Everlasting, um, who people know as Knowledge Bennett, was really refreshing. Yes. Um, overdue. I mean, even though the God has been all across the globe doing his art, right? Um, for me, it was it was a it was a real thing because I five years ago, I think it was a little five years ago, went to Art Basel and saw his presentation of Art Basel. Um, and if you were to think about five years ago, where he presented Art Basel, and he had most of the spot spots, so he did his thing. You know what I mean? But to think about being on, being in Wynwood, because it wasn't in South Beach, it was in Wynwood. So just to put in context, five years ago, and if you know the history, not everyone who listens should go check out his work, but his history and going from even being at Art Basel four or five years ago to going to Art Basel in Switzerland to Lake Como, Como, you know about that history and art and just all these kind of things. Um. It's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and worthy of so much honor. So we want to give peace and shout out to our brother. Absolutely. And love to our, to our brother. Um, so start specifically there. The fact that you put an artist on, that, giving him that level of platform, even though he has an international platform, you know, it's not like, I don't know, we're not like in France or something. It's not like everyone knows about international artists. A lot of times we don't even know about black artists who do anything in America, right? Absolutely. So, like some people know about Kerry James Marshall now. And I think that's just because sometimes they heard that Diddy got a really expensive uh, yeah, painting in his house, piece in his house, right? Like not because you've actually looked at Kerry James Marshall and what he does. So suffice to say. Um, so that's the specific thing that I think was dope about it. But then in a broader sense, I mean, homie had a Hebrew Brantley piano. Like when you look at that, and another thing from from a Hebrew Brantley as a as a fan of his art, um, largely that I've seen it interesting enough in the context of Chicago, um, going to Chicago and seeing it like on walls or in uh, L stations, um, subway stations, and then Nevermore his pop up that he had. I, well, obviously it's not up right now, but because um, the Rona, but like like his pop up and. Um, the role of Hebrew Brantley's work in in chronicling Black Chicago in the Black experience and taking Black children and framing them as cartoons and framing them as heroes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, it's just so important. So when you go into his crib and you see, I think he had a Kerry James Marshall up, and he got a Hebrew Brantley piano, and he got Knowledge uh, Bennett's work up, um, it's almost like while I might not have seen the show as high art, what he was doing with art and black art especially, and using yeah. that space, especially in the same way that I think Bill Cosby in his own way tried to be purposeful about black art and black artists, yeah. right? I think Kenya Barris is trying to do that and also expending, you know, 
Um, this might be for private stock, but just extending also some experiences he had and then connecting experiences he had with some of the art. I'll just leave it there. Indeed. indeed. Um, but you know what I mean? I just think um, the testament to what he was trying to do and even stuff like supporting, I think he had a marathon shirt on. Like, yeah, I, you know, did. I just think he he, yeah, it was, it was several things throughout that if you yeah, knew what he, it was, you're like, oh, okay. I see what you're doing there. Yeah, I think he was, he was just being really purposeful about the extension of, of who black people are. Right. And so while he was grappling with this whole Givenchy and uh, uh, what's the name? Wasn't a Margiela sweatsuit, uh, Valentino sweatsuit, which I mean, they were amazing sweatsuits. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> things going on. <laughs> situations. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like it were amazing sweatsuits, but it's like at the same time, he gave a lot of love in honor to black art and black artists and black clothing designers, which I just think was also, you know, kind of part of his thing. And in regards, if you saw it as high art, he was making a point, which goes back to my point of saying about there's just a, there's a group of black folks in LA, in Hollywood, who have a focus. And their focus is on using this time to advance these ideas, like having J-Rock, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. J-Rock is a Grammy Award award-winning artist, but it's like, do you necessarily expect him to be given full front on, you know, net, a net the number six Netflix show in the country that week yeah. versus something else? But like, you know, just that 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 uh nod to West Coast culture. Absolutely. Right? Which I which I thought also thought was really important because it's like at the end of the day, he always grounded himself in like West Coast culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the um to add on to that, the the sharing, the the displaying that you know the show is the show is not intended, or at least it, the way it functioned in the first episode was it was the the season rather was um, you know letting you wrestle with all these different parts of 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 his life, but there's an understanding, there's the 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 under the underneath conceit that the stuff that is going on around me and how people see it is important. And I need to be intentional about that. Right. So if the art wall, I don't know if it was just a bunch of nondescript pieces that you would, they just look like somebody made, we need to, we need a painting for this set. Okay. Let's go make a painting. You know what I'm saying? Like it would have been a different effect. It would have had a different feel. Um, It wouldn't be the same story when you're watching it. You know, now that some people, you know, maybe they looked and they just saw like fancy stuff or they saw it just looks like giant pieces of art, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And that's cool. Um, but there's also the, the reality that as a creator, people have influences and then they're also, they're, they're in a relationship, in a crea- creative relationship with other creative things that are going on. You know what I'm saying? So when, um, you know, as a person that creates podcasts, I listen to other podcasts. I listen to what people talk about. I listen to a wide variety of podcasts from ones that are like story-based to ones that are basically like the news in a sense, right? To see how and what people are talking about, to understand what if something is really, if other people are really responding to something, but what what can I learn or how can I be impacted by seeing, you know, being listening and being exposed to that? Um, but then also when you, and I'll say this, and I, and I, and I want to say it because I've said it in a post on the internet. Because when I see, I've seen that piece, one of the, like I said, one of the pieces from that collection in person, and I was trying to like take a picture of it to go like, yo, this is dope. And I couldn't really get it 
because the way it works and in the lighting, it just, it, you can't really take a good, like the picture, I mean, they had much better cameras and lighting and everything else, so it looked a lot better, for, like in terms of the impact. But there is something about, and, and I had the, the benefit of being able to catch some of Carrie James Marshall's work in person in a couple trips in the last year and a half and some other people. Um, and there's something when you see certain art pieces in person, even if you've seen a picture on the internet or something else, and especially a lot of work that's out there over the last 10 years, 15 years and longer from black artists that it stirs stuff. <laughs> it gets stuff moving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, Oh snap. Damn. All right. You know, let me sit with this for a little bit. You know, now that ain't everybody's, you know, cup of tea, but that's mine. You know, it's a cup of tea I can empathize with. I, I as a kid who grew up with a mom who going to the, the museum in Trenton was free. So you can go to the state museum, see all kinds of stuff. It was a great way to have something fun to do with your kids. That was free. So I've seen dinosaur bones to the damn li- li- uh, Lily, uh, what's it, uh, Pippi Longstockings movie 5,000 times because mm. all of that was free. But it also, what, it impacted my understanding of the world in a way where I, you know, even if I ain't like all the art that was there later when it saw art that spoke to me, I can, I feel okay sitting with it and enjoying the view, <laughs> you know, as far as visual pieces. You know what I mean? Now there's other types of art that's, you know, can get into that at another date. You know what I'm saying? So I I I thought that was a a nice pivot and something unique and fresh. And again, all praise is due for giving props and 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 sharing, you know, that space and showing showing some light on our good brother. Because um that that is yeah, a, that's important to me. That's important to me yeah, personally. Man, I, Justice is important. That's right. That's right. That's important to us. Like, you know what I'm saying? That that the God get get the respect that he's due. But I, I think, again, also, that's part of, like, and I say this in a good way, he, he, he's weaponized his show. Now, you might not like where he aimed his missiles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, just much like Cosby weaponized the Cosby show. Absolutely. Like, I don't think we can, we can't separate that. Like, having the black colleges on, having the black artists on, having Dizzy Gillespie on, Louis Armstrong, was, was Dizzy Gillespie, Louis Armstrong, Dizzy Gillespie, Louis Armstrong was already dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, like he he was weaponizing culture. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. He was absolutely ex elevating a certain uh, a perspective and not being yeah, not like, feeling like he needed anybody that felt like they couldn't connect with that perspective or felt that perspective was in some way limiting. He was like, Well, that's your issue. Right. <laughs> like, and I think that's so important because you have to do that because sometimes you can't assume almost like the the black circuit is is a little different than what it used to be. And what I mean is like, again, there's no one set of blackness, but there's a variety of experiences that depending on where you're at, you have a context. Like, you know, the pen relays, right? Mm-hmm. For, for, for black folks, at least from the East Coast down to a certain part in the South, and then obviously Jamaica and everything, the pen relays every year was a real thing where black folks came together, right? around running yeah it's not as big as it used to be but you and i both know the pen relays used to be huge absolutely and so that cycle or even some of the black college stuff is even though still large and you have different things in different parts of the country right like you got the umoja fest out uh your way out in um in seattle uh, in seattle with with y king and the central district and you know what I mean? Y'all got stuff y'all do in Portland. Y'all got people got stuff they do in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? So you 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 got stuff everywhere. I guess is my point. 
And so, but the idea of spreading this broader sense of culture, you know what I mean? And taking the responsibility of the fact you're on TV and you got millions of eyes and what are you going to say? And what are you, what messages are you going to send? It's extremely important. Yeah. And so, you know, I just think that was truly a highlight of a show. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we had just about an hour. Um, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. other stuff we could get into. Um, you know, I think the the Tyler Perry piece was really interesting. And I think, you know, um, the, you know, all the stuff, I mean, the stuff with the, with the, with his family was mad. That episode was very entertaining. The, the, the whole, also though, the, the arc of the story as they get into the, the conflict and the, the challenges within their relationship, I thought was all like, like some stuff that I can imagine someone watching and not being sure if they supposed to laugh at some of this. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And, and like, or being a little bit off, like, okay, wait, you know what I mean? Like the ambivalence with the, the you know, where she got, she got Nia Long's character as her publicist and she got the other sister whose name I can't remember, but I'm, she's a working black actress that's been in a lot of, a lot of work, working black actor rather. And, and that there, and that even within that triangle, there's a conflict of what is supposed to be what they're all about, even though they're all together, right? Like there's constantly these places where people are being together, but then being somewhat in conflict, but still being together, which I think, you know, I, I really think that there's a, a dissonance reality for some folks watching that because it, it I, you know, I, I feel like it might remind them of stuff that happens with themselves. So therefore they can't stay in the, like the fun place of television. Cause they're like, wait a minute, I'm feeling a little bit self-conscious. Let me, let me, you know, and I might be wrong. I might just be reading this up, but that's how I feel. And there it is. So you listen to my podcast. So there's that. Booyah. Bang, take that. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> um, what's just a, maybe, what's something that you just like a closing thought that you would like to share about, you know, the show or, or, or what have you? I, I just think, you know, we need to take things as they are and to understand that the new ways of doing art i mean sometimes i'm on the flip side of like maybe some hip-hop and r&b like i don't be getting it like the emo r&b or the emo hip-hop right i'm first to acknowledge i don't get it i don't want to listen to this right (laughs) however indeed i'm not going to say that uzi vert is not being black indeed or uzi vert being anti-black it's just a different frame than i am into right now right and so in the same way, I just think um, you take it as it is and take black comedy that is not going for the lowest joke, mm. that is not going for the trope, right? Like take black comedy or black situations that are complex in their very nature, like a, you know, a black or woman is identifying as black, but quote, that is quote unquote mixed. I mean, those are even complicated terms, but like, you know what I mean? Like. Take that person, but that person can be fully active as a black person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have to identify what side is she on. Right. Like, yeah. Kind of cool. So, again, <laughs> I, you know, I'll leave that alone. Indeed. But I just think, I just think um, we, should, we should take it for what it is, acknowledge the art, deal with the challenges, but sit with the fact that those challenges are not the challenges of the artist, they're the challenges of our community. Mm, indeed. So I think my my thing I I'll close our my closing thought was just I I I mean this is a, a podcast that I you know delve into exploring um you know manhood and and, and particularly black manhood in specific and, and so there's autobiographical reality to this and um 
and a a sense of you know I've stated in previous episodes like you know public vulnerability um as a black man is something that I find I am particularly curious about and seeing what ways black men show up in public and in in in, in creative spaces and other spaces with warts of one kind or another and I thought that overall and I'm curious if the, what the second season of this, if, if there's a second, I'm assuming there's going to be a second season of some kind. Like, what will be the angle? What will be the structure to keep that exploration going? Um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, actually very intrigued to see how you try to keep pulling that thread of creating that, that kind of uncomfortable space. I also found just generally I enjoyed it. And it made me smile. And I'm probably going to watch the rest of it again, um, again. So that I can absolutely. I can, uh, I'm about to go. I'm about to go watch some more now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and that's that. So, word up. Um, other than that, um, I mean, I think that's that's it. That's a wrap as a show. Um, you know, I say uh, thank you for listening. Um, you know, appreciate you. This has been the Good Brothers. I'm Justice Raji. I'm adjusted. You know, as always, man, listen, take the listen, share, uh, you know what I mean? Subscribe, all the various button clicking things that we ask you to do as it pertains to podcasts, but also, man, take the best and part. Click, and click them buttons, man. Click them. Click listen. <laughs> click them, man. Like, you know what I mean? I, sometimes I ain't gonna hold you. I be hating listening to podcasts. They be like, please <laughs> click like. It really helps us understand and helps us people. I be like, man, come on, man. Just give me the content. However. Click the buttons, man. Click the buttons, Turn man. And we, we gonna tell people Listen, man, we're gonna get we're gonna get a, a Ash O'Hare Army, Good Brothers Army. Click the button and share it with someone you know that can that is interested in our brand of dialogue Indeed. and and building a conversation. Peace. Peace. So with that, we're gonna say peace one more time. Yes, sir. Peace. peace. Thank you for listening to the Good Brothers. Thank you to my brother, I Majestic. Uh, for joining me again this week it's been a raucous uh, couple of weeks i hope that you are enjoying um you know the conversations we're having and uh, what we're adding on hope we're bringing something that is uh, relevant insightful interesting uh, something that you want to share uh thank you to um my family for being supportive of giving me the space and the time to make this uh, work go. Thank you to my Justice family for doing the same. One love to my nephew. Um, you always can tell when it's a you know it's a bit about enough time. You know what I'm saying nephew nephew need pops. So one love to him. Peace and side. Um, thank you uh, to all the folks out there uh, managing working with the circumstances that we're dealing with right now from the health and public safety side of things. Um, yeah, you know, appreciate you, and um, to everybody that in the middle of that, to making sure we're getting the things we need from the, the basics of food, tools to fix our homes and apartments and whatnot, and all those little things, those spaces that are open um, and making it possible for us to take care of ourselves. Thank you. Um, yeah, this was um, something I want to revisit in a future conversation, but. Um, much respect to everyone involved in the, in the um, so I guess it's black as fuck, as it should be called, and uh, black AF, or the hashtag black AF, however you want to slice it. Um, appreciate you and look forward to more. And 
you know, I'm going to close what I always try to close with, man. Please, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, you know, rate, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts, find the show, sign up for the show, comment on the show, you know what I'm saying? Leave some notes. But most importantly, man, help your auntie who don't know how to work the internet, you know what I mean? Connect with the podcast. Help your, your, your uncle who you feel like he, he would dig what we talking about and he would like what we laying down, man. Help him connect. You know what I'm saying? Because nothing is more important than us helping each other connect in these days and time. So with that, I'm going to say please find us at Ash Oldhead uh, or at Justice Raji on just about anything. Um, AshOldhead.com is the website where you will still find most of this content. a little bit behind schedule on a couple pieces. But hey, man, you know, it'll be there. Um, you can always cash app a brother at Justice Raji with the little money symbol want to contribute to the, the future production of this content um but also um check the ash old head patreon which i believe the link is in the show notes and become a patron um it's a new piece for us that we haven't really started promoting but um become a patron i would be much appreciative and i will figure out how to be responsive to those who want to contribute to um, the work I'm creating and the vision and, and, and what I'm trying to do and hopefully doing some of this together because I believe that the redemptive value of what I've tried to start is that I'm not the only one that feels this space needs to be held so with that I thank you I appreciate you be safe peace <laughs>